0: First up is Professor Nick Bostrom from Oxford University, and Nick is, uh, Nick? Yes, good, okay. We haven't met, and I was hoping against hope that the man sitting over there looking expectant was going to be able to come up and give a talk about machine intelligence. Nick is the founding director of the Future of Humanity Institute and of the program, The Impacts of Future Technology. So while we're here considering the future of publishing, Nick is asking some bigger questions like will there be any humans around to read the books, or do we need to actually be writing for the future AIs? Nick Boston. Who shall I introduce? That's the question. uh, um, Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, coming out. So one of the things that uh, we are uh, researching at my center is the future of machine intelligence. So I'll say something about that. Um, Let's see if this one works. Not so much. Do we have uh, another clicker? If one is trying to think about where uh, this long process of uh, automation and and, uh, software and AI will take us in the future, uh, one kind of looks around for some analogy. What what can we compare uh, this this transition to? Um, One that springs to mind is the uh, Industrial Revolution, uh, which had this profound uh, impact on the human condition for the first time really made it possible to escape the the Malthusian condition that had characterized humanity from uh, its very beginnings throughout history for tens of thousands of years. We'd live in a kind of subsistence state. Um, But with Industrial Revolution, economic growth became so rapid that average income actually could start to rise, not just economic growth leading to more population and everybody's average income staying the same, but population growth couldn't keep up. So that's one possible comparison point. You could compare it to the Industrial industrial Revolution. In the Industrial Revolution, we automated uh, muscle, physical labor, with steam engines and so forth. And maybe uh, with the AI transition, we will automate intellectual labor, kind of complete that. Um, And I think there are some interesting parallels one can draw. Another possible comparison case you could uh, point to is the very emergence of Homo sapiens in the first place. Perhaps the rise of artificial general intelligence will be even more profound than the ma- machine and than the industrial revolution. Um, 100,000 years ago, something happened to the brains of our ancestors, and and it introduced a sort of qualitatively new level of intelligence and inventiveness into the world, which then has led to all the rest. Um, and machine intelligence, you know, maybe it's better conceived of something like that than something merely as profound as the Industrial Revolution. You could, you could make a, a case that it is kind of an even larger uh, transition. Um, if you think about what was involved in the rise of the human species, uh, some relatively small tweaks uh, in the neural architecture of great apes. So there was a slight scaling up. You know, the human brain is a little bit larger, but not hugely larger. And, some algorithmic changes as well in the exact way it's wired, but um, machine superintelligences in the future might be far more different from uh, what humans are now than than what humans are now are different from uh, great chimpanzees or something like that. Um, So it's possible that there really is no precedent for this, you could argue. Um, In any case, it seems to be like a very um, potentially uh, enormous consequential topic um, And um, of course, there's this obligatory picture of the Terminator robot, which has to be presented. Um, But so what I wanna just briefly touch on is um, what is actually possible and realistic um, in this domain? Because on the one hand, we have conversations about, um, say, will we actually have self-driving cars? How soon, you know? Um, What about the privacy concerns when you have big data mining operations? Um, these kinds of issues seem quite real and, you know, pressing, you could imagine uh, the government talking about unemployment effects, whether increasing automation leads to unemployment. And then on the other hand, you have these kind of very different thoughts of, like, will, will killer robots uh, destroy us all? Will there be some kind of everlasting utopia where we upload it to computers? So, so both of these kinds of discourses are going on at the same time. Um, So which one of these is actually kind of serious and which one is more frivolous entertainment? Um, So I think that in order to um, be able to make sense of this, it is essential to introduce a timeline. Um, And basically my claim is that both of these are plausible and realistic, but it depends on what the context is that you're considering. So we can distinguish between the short term and long term. And in the short term, yes, we do have various capabilities that we expect to see. Um, and if the context of conversation is what can we expect over the next five or 10 years, then yes, it would be kind of very far-fetched to, 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 think, of, to think of AIs destroying the world or intergalactic empires and so forth. But there is also a different context. And, and that is the context when we are actually considering what will happen uh, to Earth originating intelligent life. Um, eventually. What, what is the destiny of, of this thing that we have started here? Um, and a very long term. Um, and so, so the point here is that just as it would be kind of uh, silly um, when the context is a short term to, to to talk about some of these things in the right column. So equally, in my view, it would be silly if the if the context is thinking about the long-term destiny for intelligent life, to kind of confine one's thinking to yes, we will have better um, um, ad delivery algorithm, so we will have self-driving cars, but then kind of a stop there. That would be equally uh, unrealistic and impossible. Um, so let me just read out some of the things there in this deep future column. Um, so atomically precise manufacturing, nanotechnology that is complete control over the structure of matter, and uh, von Neumann probes are these kind of ideas from science fiction where you have automated space colonizing processes. Um, cure for aging, uh, control over the subjective uh, emotional state of subjects, whether they be biological subjects like ourselves, but in order to achieve, say, a state of of of, of pleasure or happiness. It wouldn't be necessary in this deep future to try to move a lot of objects around and then like if you get the right beautiful picture on the wall and and you sit in front of the sea and you have a nice car then you feel happy. Now you could, if if all you wanted was a particular subjective state, you could more efficiently just change uh, the brain directly and that would be the technology to do it. A bunch of other things as well. Um, So these capabilities there in the right column are all ones that, as far as we can tell, uh, are consistent with the laws of physics. So it's not as if anything goes. There are things that look impossible, faster than light travel, a number of other things. But these look like capabilities that a technologically mature civilization would develop. Um, So I've... Call this short-term, long-term, and like, very long-term or deep future, but um, it's interesting to think about what does that actually translate to on, in, in terms of years. And the brief answer is that we don't know, but uh, we did an opinion poll uh, of some of the world's leading AI experts, just to put some kind of general, like, um, concrete dates on this. Um, and one of the questions we asked was By which year do you think there is a 50% probability that we will have achieved human level machine intelligence? Which we defined for the purposes of this poll as any machine intelligence capable of performing um, any job at least as well as a human. So true general purpose AI. And um, as you can see here the median answer so that was 2040 or 2050, depending on precisely which group of experts we ask. But, but with a big uncertainty on both sides, it could take a lot longer. It could also happen much sooner. Um, um, it's interesting to reflect on what would happen at that point. So um, I want to distinguish these two different questions one might ask. So one is the question I just asked, which is the first interval here um, between now and the time when you have human level intelligence. So that's a lot of uncertainty associated with that. Many people might think it's a f- some number of decades away, but you really don't know. Um, there's the second question, how, how big is that other interval there? That is, if you were at some point to get human level machine intelligence, how long will it take from there until you have something that is radically super intelligent? And uh, I, I'm fairly agnostic on the first question, but I do think that there is a, Plausibility that if we get to that level, we will quite soon after that have superintelligence, radical superintelligence, um, and, and this is a general-purpose technology. So all those other kind of science fiction-like, nevertheless physically possible capabilities that are listed in that right column before, uh, I think are likely to become feasible with machine superintelligence because at that point the the research and the development that that we humans currently are doing painstakingly and at a slow pace could be done very quickly at digital speeds by this superior um, machine intelligence. So what you will have with superintelligence is a kind of telescoping of the future. All of those achievements we might have been able to achieve if in in 40,000 years maybe scientists would have figured out a cure for aging or a way to colonize space. All of that might happen pretty much directly after you have (coughs) machine superintelligence. Um, I'm not sure how I'm doing with time, but let's just say something to make that, like, perhaps slightly plausible. The this, this second claim that the step from human level to superintelligence might happen quite quickly. Um, so we, we tend to think of intelligence on something like a scale like this, where at one end you have kind of the um, the village idiot, uh, like uh, your, your least competent colleague. Um, <laughs> Uh, whatever your anchor point there is. And at the other end, you have like some your scientific hero, Einstein or Ed Witten or some crazy theoretical physicist. Uh, and this, this kind of, in, in our way of thinking about it, expands the range of intelligence. Like we have stupid and smart. Um, and, and this makes sense because we have this concept in order to uh, think about and describe our human experiences. And, and this is the distribution we, we encounter. But from the point of view of, how difficult it is to achieve a given level of intellectual performance by a machine. I think the picture looks more like this. Um, You imagine a a track where artificial intelligence is a train that starts at zero point back in uh, 1956, or whatever you take as the starting point for this kind of field of technology, able to do nothing, and then slowly over time, over decades, after a lot of hard work by a lot of you know, really great scientists, eventually, perhaps, we will reach the level, say, equivalent to a mouse. Uh, So an AI system that can navigate the cluttered environment, you know, as well as a mouse can, recognize objects, and so forth. And then perhaps after a a lot additional hard work, further decades, maybe you reach kind of chimp level um, AI, and then a lot of hard work after that, you get to the village idiot. Um, but at that point, I don't think that, that the AI train will slow down. I think rather it will just swoosh past humanville station. And if, if you think about it, the, the brain of the village idiot, the brain of Albert Einstein, are almost exactly identical. They're the same size, same number of neurons. The neurons all operate at 200 hertz. It's built by the same. Maybe, you know, Einstein had a few more neurons in some cortical area that is useful for mathematics. But you know, very small differences. <coughs> uh, this, this. Obviously, it doesn't settle the question. There's a lot more to be said about that, but maybe give some possibility. Um, so we can think about these different contexts, but um, if if, if, this, if this idea is correct, that the transition from human level to superintelligence might be very rapid, then I think the picture might rather look like this, uh, where we have some sort of short-term context of unknown duration, decades perhaps, hard to be very precise, then maybe only a very uh, short period of time. It it might even be non-existent, but um, a fairly short period of time where you might have, say, AI capabilities roughly at the level of human beings, where you might then have this world where AIs can do almost all we can do but not quite everything, um, where they can substitute for human labors in many areas but they can't yet cure aging or just colonize space or upload us into computers. But that that long-term context, which is normally, if, if people wanna think like visionary, bold thoughts, uh, they maybe land in that context, but that might actually be the least realistic. That might be the, the context that has like gonna be a plausible description of the world for the smallest period of time. And then there's, of course, this very long-lasting, deep future, which might, once you reach technological maturity, that, that could potentially last for billions of years. Um, so, <clears throat> to sum up, uh, If we are thinking about the near term, there are these various uh, issues and concerns, as as well as obviously huge hopes and promises, and and you might have your own uh, issues for for publishing. Um, I was gonna uh, joke earlier that I had planned to talk about the future of publishing, but it's too depressing, so instead I was gonna talk about, (laughs) instead I was gonna talk about how robots are gonna kill us all. Uh, But, um, Hopefully, the uh, audiobooks will come to the rescue. So, um, so, so, so all of these, like, I mean, these, these are good things. Some serious people should be thinking about these, and we're beginning to see a conversation on some of these. But that, in addition to that, um, there is another, also equally, in my view, even more serious and legitimate topic that should be the focus of serious research effort, not just kind of tabloid chit-chat or science fiction movies. And, And and that is the question of what will be needed in order for AI to really be a success, Um, where we have, on the one side, various technical challenges in machine learning, in artificial intelligence, that, yes, they've achieved certain things. Uh, Most recently, you might have heard about this uh, Go, uh, AlphaGo system, built by another company just uh, around here in London. But but there are still major sort of technical challenges that remain if it's gonna replicate the same full-range learning ability, planning ability, the same inventiveness that humans have. And then in parallel with that, um, a set of challenges that I think will have to be tackled in order for these really smart machines also to be really beneficial for society. Um, So a lot of the work that we are doing um, at my research institute at the moment concern these things in the right column. just as there has been rapid advances in the last just couple of years, really on in, in AI with deep learning and deep reinforcement learning, really starting to make headway with perception and pattern recognition in in, in a tremendously exciting way. There has also, even more recently, started actually to be some movement um, on, on getting serious minds focused on these problems in the right-hand column, and, and uh, probably a, a doubling uh, in, in in the last year or two of the amount of, say, funding and brain power going into researching these. And so um, it looks like we are on on the kind of the the beginnings of of something really exciting. And and hopefully, if we can keep up uh, with work on these uh, right column uh, problems, then the outcome could be tremendously beneficial. Um, Right. Um, It's just a lot of stuff that is happening on this field. Thank you very much.